Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ryan Huang. As we look to the year ahead, investors will have to think about the prospects for the new year. And there is huge uncertainty in the global environment and how our region will fare in 2024. Among issues we will have to navigate are ongoing conflicts such as in the Middle East, as well as the ripple effects from monetary and fiscal policy moves. For the insights, we've got Manu Baskaran. He is the CEO of Sentinel Asia Advisors. Manu, thanks for joining us on the Hi. show. Yeah, thank you. All right. I think it's fair to say that so far, the Hamas-Israel conflict has resulted in quite a humanitarian crisis. How bad would you describe the situation now? From a humanitarian perspective, it, is, it really is a horrendous tra- tragedy and uh, anyone with a heart would feel terrible about it. Uh, in terms of geopolitics, and obviously the Middle East is now in uncharted territory, and that's the key thing for us to understand. We can build scenarios, but honestly, we don't know what really is going to happen. The comfortable consensus views that the crisis is not going to escalate because Iran and Hezbollah are going to be very careful may not be right. And we saw from October 7th that the whole assumption about Hamas behaviour was wrong. So I think uh, on our part, we probably just have to be prepared for major developments that could surprise us. I mean, we've seen um, <clears throat> drone attacks on ships close to the Indian coast. Uh, so we could see uh, the repercussions uh, appear in all kinds of places without us knowing where. Yeah, Manu, that's a very good point, right? Assumptions were wrong. <laughs> so, like Middle East wars of the past, the yeah. conflict between Israel and Hamas has the potential to disrupt the world economy. <clears throat> if more countries are drawn into it, it might even tip <clears throat> some of them into recession. How would you describe the level of risks of that happening right now? That scenario of, a, I guess, more people being drawn in and <clears throat> a recession even? So far, it's almost two and a half months now, three months, and there's been no escalation beyond the immediate area outside the attacks on shipping in the Red Sea and more recently near the Indian coast. There is, I think, potential for this to, to widen in terms of uh, attacks on shipping, uh, terrorist attacks in other we saw a bomb explosion in the near the Israeli embassy in Delhi, for instance. I think there'll be more of that kind of thing. I suspect we can't be sure, but I suspect the what we need to look out for is episodes of stress rather than a big conflagration that has a prolonged impact on on the rest of us. So I guess that brings to us the next question, what is the impact on our region with what's happening in the Middle East? For some folks might think, hey, it's not so near us. What is going to be the impact for Asia? I mean, if you look at it cold-bloodedly and abstract ourselves from the humanitarian tragedy, which is difficult, um, the main channels of impact um, on us would be through oil prices, through um, supply chain dislocations, and uh, through an effect on global business confidence. So far, because American oil production has surged, Actually, oil prices have been very well behaved. In fact, they're down. So that's not been a big issue. The supply chain uh, disruptions uh, from the shipping uh, changes in routes because of the attacks by the Houthis, uh, that is probably going to raise shipping costs and logistics costs and cause some delays uh, in the, uh, you know, the arrival of uh, components at factories and so on. But so far, it looks like it's under control. <clears throat> As for the impact through business confidence, I think it would take a major uh, prolonged confrontation that brings in a lot of other countries, including the US, for that to be an effect on business confidence. So it does sound, by and large, that the economic damage can be contained. <clears throat> yes, on our region. 
Okay, on our region, but of course, um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of assumptions. Things can change very fast, so we will have to keep an eye yes. out for what can happen yes. on the front. Now, going to risks that we will have to watch mm-hmm. out for down the road in the year ahead. Mm-hmm. We've got also tensions between US and China that could escalate yes. on many fronts, mm-hmm. especially with the elections coming. Yes, that's something we need to look out for. And the immediate flashpoint there is, of course, Taiwan, where there is a presidential election <clears throat> coming soon which will make a big difference uh, to relations uh, you know, between Taiwan and China and US and China. Uh, again, it's a very difficult election to call. If the incumbent party retains power, China would probably step up pressure on Taiwan. If uh, one of the other candidates wins, then China could uh, adopt a different mm. path, right? So we really don't know as of now. Uh, but again, even if the worst happens, <coughs> I don't see any uh, material risk of uh, outright military confrontation. It will probably be a continuation of China's uh, policy of slow strangulation rather than you know, a, a very risky invasion or anything like that. So are you looking at more trade tensions, uh, disputes around technology transfers, uh, blockage yes. or restrictions around AI That's sales? Right. That's right. Between US and China, that is going to continue with or without Taiwan. The US-China contestation goes beyond just Taiwan. It's really all about who is going to be the dominant power in the Western Pacific. Uh, The U.S. is not prepared to relinquish it, and China feels insecure if the U.S. is the dominant power. That's very, very fundamental. It's not going to go away. Mm, On topic of technology, how do you see this playing out for the economies around the world? We've got a lot to talk about in the past year with the Mm. AI, uh, generative AI technologies coming to the fore, changing the way people do things. So if you take a step back and look at the different types of technology, what you get is uh, acceleration of technical progress. And what we're seeing is if there there are advances in, say, AI, Mm -hmm. it helps to generate faster developments in uh, genome sequencing, for instance, because using that computing power, you can accelerate biomedical advances, right? Same thing in uh, material sciences, new new composite materials, uh, same thing in renewables. So what we're getting today is a, a very powerful dynamic of one technology bootstrapping the other, bootstrapping the other, and that produces this incredible acceleration of technical change. And that's, I think, going to be much more powerful than a lot of us have priced into our forecasts. I think you're going to see, I mean, unless there's some big, terrible uh, negative development, Hmm. you're going to see an acceleration of capital spending, right? Uh, Because companies are going to say that if they don't invest in this new technologies, maybe AI-enabled, whatever, uh, their competitor will, and then you get eaten alive, right? So whether it's airlines that are just recovering from COVID, but you see what they're doing, massive, massive spending on new aircraft, right? And it's going to be the same thing in um, renewables, renewables, the move will be to hydrogen. There will be huge efforts to make fusion successful. Uh, <clears throat> so I think you're going to see a lot of ch- uh, change and that's going to produce capital spending. It's also going to produce dislocation because you're going to get winners and losers, right? And you know, if the losers, um, companies that lose out uh, shut down, there'll be unemployment. So all this is something that we can't predict accurately, but we have to be prepared for. Yeah, talking about acceleration, how about the acceleration of social disruptions? Because yes. you've got AI with deep yes. fakes, social implications when it comes to misinformation spreading yes. even faster. <clears throat> no, we've got elections coming up. Yep. So this is a, a real problem because I don't think any government has um, really built the safeguards needed to <coughs> protect uh, society against this. And deep fake and misinformation is one thing, 
cyber security hacks and you know ransomware that's another one these things are actually going to get much worse and in both areas we're not prepared so there will be disruptions dislocations scams you know unfortunately mm, and talking about change 2024 is uh, being dubbed <coughs> as the great year of the normalization when it comes mm. to interest rates because the Fed's <coughs> expected to cut rates over the next few quarters. What sort of implications should we be watching out for on this front? Well, um, whether the Fed cuts rates by a significant amount, I don't know. I think the markets may have raced ahead of uh, reality there. But <coughs> whatever it is, even if there are some rate cuts, I believe we are in a completely different asset pricing regime. I think interest rates and inflation will be higher than they've been for a long time. I think a lot of the tailwinds that drove earnings growth um, and value creation in companies uh, will be different. I mean, China is slowing. Globalization might be slowing or even reversing in some areas. So I think um, financial markets may have to adjust to this, and I don't think they have fully priced the change yet. I wouldn't be surprised if we get periods of uh, bouts of uh, extreme financial market corrections. Mm. How do you see this playing out for economies, for example, jobs and companies as they adjust to these new uh, rates? In a way, I'm not uh, pessimistic. I I think uh, the normalization of rates is actually something good. When you've had this long period of ultra-low interest rates and um, over-easy money, People make mistakes and misjudgments about they, they, they misjudge the price of capital, the price of risk, and they, uh, the result is uh, you get speculative bubbles, you get um, mispriced assets and so on. So there will be an adjustment to that. <clears throat> there will certainly be a shakeout in some areas. Zombie firms will die. Um, but is this necessarily bad? Um, in the longer term, I think it is something that uh, will be good. In the near term, it could create some problems, and that's where government intervention of the right kind, probably through macroprudential measures, through early government intervention to prevent a crisis from spiraling out of control. I think we'll need to see more of that. All right, that's a great overview of some risks to watch out for in 2024, where we are going to be navigating quite a bit ongoing conflicts as well as potential moves and ripple effects from policy changes. We've been chatting with Manu Baskaran. He's the CEO of Sentinel Asia Advisors. Manu, thanks for joining us on the Thank show you. today. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.